Talking about what's new with Los Angeles Clippers There's always so much to discuss Let's jump right in It's LA Clips Forum LA Clippers. It's LA Clips Forum With Jesse and Brian Welcome Clipper Nation This is Brian Andrew I'm here with my co-host Jesse Sandoval, what's up guys? And this is the LA Clips Forum How you doing Jesse? I'm doing pretty good um, Doing a lot of Christmas shopping How about you? I've done some clippers, some clippers shopping. <laughs> Actually, I haven't got my city edition jersey, so I can't say I've done any clipper shopping until I get that <laughs> until I get that sent to me. You were uh, you went out with uh, Lawrence Frank and Jerry West, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trying trying to ship a uh, Sergio Baca. <laughs> Who would take this? <laughs> Dude, do you do you think they just like sent a group chat to every GM in the league, and they're like, hey, so does anyone want Serge? And then, like, no one responds. And it's like, you, you, you just see, like, a text, like, you know, like, on iPhone, you see that dot, dot. <laughs> and it goes away. <laughs> like, uh, the Washington Wizards GM is just, like, he just sends, like, a GIF, but it doesn't really help the cause. It doesn't, like, continue the conversation. So everyone's like, oh, okay, whatever. Um, on today's episode, we will be recapping the last week of Clippers basketball. Uh, we beat the Suns, lost to the Jazz, lost to the Thunder. We'll be going. We'll be diving deeper into the Serge Ibaka trade. I, w- I want to say there's trade rumors necessarily, but he there's rumors that he's unhappy with the organization, or I think everyone's speculating that he's unhappy. I should put it that way. Uh, we'll talk about the league's answer to COVID, and we'll see if uh, Jesse's kind of concerned about the playoffs. And we'll talk about our schedule moving forward. Uh, but first, we beat the Suns. With the canoes, how did that make you feel, Jesse? Oh, it made me excited. It made me feel tons of emotions that I haven't felt in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> it was a solid game. Um, you know, it was pretty basically uh, <laughs> their bench versus our bench with Chris Ball. <laughs> I'm having yeah. Chris Ball, and Chris Ball struggled. So everyone even sweater, sweeter sweater. <laughs> every, every, everyone's talking about like, well, they didn't have Devin Booker, or DeAndre Ayton, or something. I'm like, okay, <laughs> like, all right, you guys still had Chris Paul, who's, I guess, still one of the best point guards in the league, uh, or at least one. I would say, even if he's not athletically as well as he was in the past, he's still one of the smartest basketball players. You know, he's he always tries to man- manipulate the game, and and so you still have that guy out there. Yeah, he's still leading. I think he's leading the league in assists. Uh, Look that up. And we had we didn't have Nick Batum. We didn't have Paul George. We still don't have Kawhi. And every and uh, the biggest we we didn't have Jason Preston, which would have been key in that game. But we didn't have everybody. And we still went out there. And not only did we win the game, we. I don't want to use the word dominate, but we were in control of the game the entire time. And it was a very beautiful thing to watch. It was, there was like three minutes left in the game and I'm still like, Hey, we could, we could blow this game still. So I need to be careful. <laughs> yes. Uh, so my quick research shows that Chris Paul is indeed leading the league in assists. So look at that. Yeah. Yeah. The league leader in assists and you lost to Terrence Mann and the, and the guys. And it's not like they don't have a great bench. They have talent on their bench <clears throat> that can go off anytime. Uh, campaign has found, I don't know, 
the, I don't know what he did during the offseason <laughs> before that, but he was like literally the guy that was known for doing handshakes with Westbrook and then somehow became such a prominent player in their bench. So mm-hmm. he's played really well. I was a little bit concerned of him popping off. And then I guess he got a little, he got hurt a little bit. I'm not too sure if that, uh, that prevented him from, you know, playing well. But either way, it was a great all around game for the canoes, like you said. Um, it was exciting stuff and it was a much needed win. I agree. And to be honest with you, if you asked me at the beginning of last week that if we could split the Suns and Jazz uh, series that we had this week, one-to-one, I would have taken that. Mm-hmm. And we did, right? We lost to the Jazz. Um, we didn't – I think we played well for as long as we could, but the Jazz has one of the best offenses in the league, and they just showed up. Every time we made a run, the Jazz answered, and we didn't have an answer for uh, Donovan Mitchell. And it just, it is what it is. So we lost to the Jazz and then we lost to the Thunder, which I think a lot of people felt our team was better. We had Nick Batum back, but we lost Morris because of uh, health and safety protocols. So I feel like it's just, I don't know if there's this like aura in, in the world, but for some reason, Morris and Batum can't play a game together at all this season. <laughs> but um <clears throat> How'd you how'd you feel about the Thunder game? Um, taking context that Paul George wasn't there, um, and that Shea hit the game winner. Yeah, I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's like I. It was an overall great game by the Canoes. Um, Luke Kennard had a fantastic game. Eric mm-hmm. Bledsoe had a great game. Winslow had a great game. I know people are harking over the missed free throws. The guy's not a best free throw shooter. Okay. So he was in the game for rebounding. I understand what Ty Lue is doing. You may not agree with it, but he's just being cautious just in case, you know, they miss a free throw. Yeah, he's and going for the and rebound, all, those, so. all those bigs on the Thunder are kind of stretch shooters who could kind of go out on the perimeter. And in that situation, you would kind of rather have Winslow out there for that. And I just wouldn't necessarily have Winslow being one of the top three people that you could inbound the ball to in that situation, which he was, which is, it is what it is. And he knocks, he knocks down one of those free throws and then maybe we go to OT or something, but uh, on that defensive possession, it looked like Batum. I thought Shea was going to try to drive to the basket, but he didn't. He took a step back, and you could just see Batum's look mm-hmm. on his face. He's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> and that's just after Shea made a huge shot earlier in the week, too, that ended up getting them losing because there was a much bigger shot right after that yeah. uh, that the Pelicans made. Um, I mean, there's OKC, the record says – something differently but they are a team that can that's capable of winning capable I, of winning i made this point before we got on i said they're only two games out of being the 10th seed in the play-in so like we could potentially be i don't know i think they're gonna tank eventually they're just gonna let chase sit a bunch of games uh, you say that really fast and it could it, something <laughs> i'd have to beep uh, <laughs> chase it Okay, (laughs) but i don't think they're gonna get to that point i think the blazers are eventually going to put string together some wins when they get once they get healthy i think Mm -hmm. the kings are are technically a better team so we'll see but 
I'm just throwing it out there that they're technically only two games behind, and if they play with enough grit and they could steal some wins, they they'll they'll, they'll at least be in the picture on All Star break. They at least keep their fans engaged. You know what I mean? So yeah, I was I was really the only thing I was really bummed out, and I was hoping that Serge would be available. I was kind of hoping that he gets some playing time in this game. Uh, you know, you, I think I texted you earlier today. Like, I really want to see him at the four, try to get some more reps in there mm-hmm. and see if he can uh, <clears throat> gel with the second unit. Um, I don't think, and I know we're jumping off from a different subject, but I don't know. Think... Let's just get into surge right now. He was <laughs> one of our narratives. We've already talked about these games enough. Okay. Yeah. So, so Serge hasn't played for the last three games or even more. Uh, he hasn't played all of last week and I believe a few, a couple games before then as well. Right. So there's a lot of speculations whether or not he, well, not whether or not, but that he's unhappy and that the, the teams might be looking to trade him. Um, the thing I have a problem with that is I don't think there's any team that really wants Serge. I can't really. I can't really think of a team or what they would offer that's going to make it enticing for the Clippers. I agree. I don't think there's much you could get for him. Um, I forgot who brought it up this week. Although he is an expiring contract, right? He's a yeah, so that's agent. what I was thinking. Like, he's an expiring contract. So if the Clippers could lose him this next year, I, I wouldn't see the point. Unless, like, Kawhi talks him into like hey just to stay dude you know what I mean like maybe like we can't re-sign Isaiah Hernstein in the offseason and Kawhi could, could convince him like hey you know you'll at least be the second string center you know you go anywhere else you'll still be the second string center you know there's nowhere in this league right now that I think you'd be the starting center mm-hmm. for their team if that makes sense yeah. and so, I think that was one of the main reasons why he left Toronto right like he didn't resign with them because he wasn't getting the starting position Something, yeah, they, they, they're something was happening there, and he, he had a really good season. He ended up signing with us. He basically, quote, I, even though Kawhi was already here for a year, he's followed Kawhi over here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like with the back surgery stuff, saying like he wanted the back surgery sooner, and they, the Clippers organization or medical staff didn't let him, and now he basically lost his basically his role on the team because you could make the case that zoo even maybe deserved the starting job before like Serge took it from him too right there's mm-hmm. a lot of people that's like Serge took this and then people felt like zoo was better than Serge, right mm-hmm. so but in terms of that 1a 1b center situation it looks like heart science moved himself into that spot and Serge probably can't be happy about that uh he maybe he's still not feeling like he's in shape or maybe we're just over re- everyone's overreacting to this and maybe it's just something between him and Tyloo like hey I just don't I'm not feeling it right now I need mm-hmm. some time off the court um uh, there was the that thing where he got like a negative COVID test but he was close to somebody so he was late to the bench I forgot what game it was um but, and he didn't travel with the team, I don't think. I don't think he traveled. Yeah, he um, so, yeah, there's, it's, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I do think he brings – he has some value to this team. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> what can we get for him? He would probably have to be part of a package deal. Uh, we'd have to trade somebody else. 
Um, I don't know who that somebody else would be. Like a lot of people throwing Eric Bledsoe's name in there, but like I don't know who I would trade Eric Bledsoe for right now. I think he's playing really good basketball and he's accepting his role with the second unit. And I do think, especially in games where Reggie Jackson's extremely tired, Eric Bledsoe has come in and been that guy to kind of like calm things down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Like maybe you get like a couple second round picks, maybe a second round pick, maybe a contender who. Uh, needs a center we'll be like fine we'll give you our first round pick which we think will be a late first round pick anyways you know so you guys could just have that and we'll take surge yeah i don't know if that's the case uh i doubt it but you know some teams are kind of in that win now mentality and they'll just be hey well yeah you could have this we're good and you and we'll take surge i I just don't know um yeah i'm kind of in the camp where i say that we keep surge and find a way to get them to jail into the second unit. I just believe there's going to be an opportunity. There's going to be an opportunity or a time and place, especially during the playoffs, where we need Tyler to tinker around, you know, and having a stretch big, you know, kind of helps a lot. Right. And it's not like he's not capable of defending at the rim. Like he's pretty good at, he's been, when the games that I saw him in there, you know, when he's been in the perimeter, he, close to the rim, he's been, fairly decent um it's just when he plays a four and he has to play defenders you know <laughs> in the four position he kind of struggles there you know he's not, yeah. he's not as young as he used to be he's not as quick so he'll struggle but <clears throat> i think there'll be a time where he'll be near he'll be needed and i agree i'd like to have him on team for that situation I, I i think that's ideal too i i just like i guess something i'll ask you is how many times have has teams kept a nine million dollar player just in case somebody gets hurt? <laughs> I know that's a good point. You know, and that's technically supposed to be Isaiah Hartenstein's spot, but Isaiah Isaiah's played really well. I believe he twisted his ankle or something in the Thunder game, so maybe we'll see more surge. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's it's a, it's an interesting situation. Mm-hmm. We'll see. No, no, I agree. We'll see if they move him. We'll see if they buy him out. We'll see if maybe like we just need to wait to wait it out and let Kawhi come back and let Kawhi uh, maybe help the situation. But Kawhi's traveling with the team. Kawhi's there. It's not like Kawhi's not there. Yeah. So I don't know. Like it just might just maybe just got to a point where Serge is just unhappy. He's there, but he's like uh, watching from the stands. Yeah. <laughs> <Not> people. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I we'll, we'll see though. Um, if I say as. If Isaiah is out with that ankle injury, this is the opportunity for him to show that he deserves to be in the rotation. I agree. And to be honest, like you said, like if it came down to not trading him and he just kind of accepted his role, that'd be great too. Cause I don't like, there's no one on this team that I would want to trade. Like I, I, okay. So uh, I'll be honest. I'm not, I'm not prideful. I was wrong about Marcus Morris. <laughs> I am probably wrong about this Lakers rivalry thing that we had a little debate on. But one thing I'm not wrong about is that Luke Kennard's the best basketball player to ever come out of Ohio. And that's including (laughs) LeBron James. I know that for a fact. And so if anyone has these like, oh, well, we could trade Luke for this guy. No, that's not happening. He's untouchable at this point. He's legit one of the best shooters in in the game right now. And if someone traded him, I'd be so upset. So upset that those those shopping sprees that I'm going on, Lawrence Frank and Jerry West, I'd, I'd have to have a chat with them. 
No, you're right. Uh, I agree with you. Luke Kennard is probably the best player out of, coming out of, out of Ohio. Jeez, I am struggling. This is my first conversation. This for first conversation? Yeah, yeah. This is my first conversation, and, too. And it's like 3, p- three o'clock. <laughs> it's 3 o'clock yeah. in the afternoon. My first conversa- conversation, I'm struggling with it. So uh, bear with me. But, yes, Luke Kennard has been fantastic uh, these last couple games, uh, especially against OKC. My goodness, that guy – was hitting threes like it was nobody's business. Is it? You... Okay. <laughs> it's me so excited right now, guys. We're going to talk about something that I think we've kind of hinted at. I love Reggie Jackson. But the guy looks like he's beat up. He looks like he's sore. He looks like he's tired out there. I feel like especially after a timeout, there should be more designed plays for Luke Kennard, mm-hmm. especially late in a game. Yep. I like if I, if so, if we're going to be shooting the ball outside of 15 feet, it should be Luke Kennard in the final couple minutes. And he doesn't, I understand, but like, I don't mind if a play is designed for Reggie Jackson or the play opens up and he has an open shot and he takes it. I don't care. I don't, I really don't care. It's just when certain situations happen, we let the shot clock go down and then all of a sudden we're in an ISO situation and it's Reggie Jackson. And I'm like, dude, you're tired. Mm-hmm. You're yeah, not I- getting past anybody right now. Like, I'm glad you made that shot against the magic, but like, if we're going to be having somebody shoot the ball 15 feet and out, like I'd rather have it be Luke Kennard. If and in those situations, I don't mind if Reggie Jackson's on the court either, but I'd much rather have Eric Bledsoe have the ball. I know that might be a hot take because at least he's going to be like, you know, I'm not going to make it. So, so he's going to pass it, he's going to pass it to somebody else. Uh, he'd be looking to get Luke Kennard the ball, you know, he wouldn't be trying to play hero basketball in that situation. Yeah, also, a- also, I got Eric Bless has been playing great basketball. He's been shooting the ball well. I believe he's made over 40% of his last several threes or something like that. It, it, it's I, I, I like to see him. I like to see the way he's playing basketball. He's playing decent defense. It's it's great. He's yeah, the role, and- the role he has right now is perfect. And he's playing really well at the second unit, so yeah. you can't ask for much. And that's exactly what we brought him in here for. You know, we brought him in here to kind of help carry the load when it comes to ball management. <clears throat> giving Reggie Jackson some uh, some need, much needed break, but I absolutely agree with you. There's some plays like during down like the final stretch of the game against OKC where Reggie has the ball. I'm just like wondering, I'm like, why are we not getting the ball to Luke Kennard? And there's mm-hmm. like a point where Reggie's like holding it in the in the right wing, and he's trying to make something happen that's clearly not there. And Luke Kennard's somewhat open, to be honest. Yeah. And I was getting really frustrated with this, and I was just wondering why Ty Lue wasn't calling timeout. I'm not even too sure if they had a timeout, but if I was Ty Lue in the last timeout, I would mention that at this possession, we should be looking for Luke Kennard. That's it. Setting screens, try getting him open so you can hit whatever shot he can. That's your best shooter in the game, and he has the most, I I guess, most legs in the game compared to Mm. Reggie. Yeah, because like in those situations, I understand that Tyler's probably trying to conserve some of his timeouts. He doesn't want to call timeout with a minute 30 to left minute 30 left. If he has um, one timeout left, right. You, you kind of want to save it, but there's, there's, I don't know. Like, I don't know if you have to wink or you have to like do something, but like, it's gotta be like, uh, 
Hey, uh, Luke Kennard's been our best player tonight. Uh, why don't we have him at least shoot the ball? And if he bricks the ball, then next possession, come down, Reggie, and try your best then. But, like, the, the play should be not even necessarily a play, but it should just be like, hey, we should all be looking for Luke Kennard at this at this moment and if he can't get open then shoot then you do your hero ball stuff you know what i mean but the fact that like the shot clock uh winds down and then all of a sudden you're just taking a a dribble to the right and now you're in an iso situation i'm like what's going on here (laughs) like (laughs) i'm not gonna fault anybody for it but i'm like it's just i don't mind if reggie jackson does that but just the last three to four weeks of Reggie Jackson basketball has just been a roller coaster and it's and I don't fall him. I think he's extremely tired, but some somebody needs to see that and be responsible for that, if that makes mm. sense. No, I agree. But another clipper that's been playing really well, Terrence Mann. Oh, I agree. To play really well. He, he continues to bring that chaos, chaotic energy. Mm-hmm. So, so I don't know what he's gonna do at the rim. <laughs> right. And um I'm just really excited to see that he's out of that slump and he's playing, he's been playing really well. He's, he's playing with some confidence. So he, and that's what, that's what you need sometimes in your players. You know, sometimes you just need a couple of good games and still that confidence and mm-hmm. for them to play well. I think Terrence man had a rough stretch from that losing, losing, uh, losing, was it? I wouldn't say losing streak, but it was pretty bad. We were losing a lot of tons of game and Terrence man was not playing really well. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I think Ter- like, he he's actually really good in the starting lineup and i think we're seeing that he and he's not hesitating as much he's not hesitating as much so yeah i I think he's playing great uh another player that i think is playing exceptional but too bad and i think this will transition to a league-wide situation is marcus morris is on health and safety protocols he's been playing the best basketball i've seen him play as a clipper in a very long time and uh <clears throat> it's a shame hopefully he I, I think i read a tweet today that he's not feeling any symptoms but he just happened to test positive so hopefully he's good hopefully he gets healthy hopefully he's ready to play when he comes back uh batum just got out of this and this has been a league-wide issue you know there's a lot of games being postponed uh do you have any um without knowing that you know we don't talk to adam silver unless it's about the g league uh, do you have any do you have any ideas that you would pass along for the NBA while they're going through this basically this tough stretch of a bunch of players testing positive? I don't know. I don't really have a it's pretty difficult, you know. Um part of me just says shut down the season, put it in a hiatus until the situation is resolved or I don't know if there needs, is there a mandate right now in the NBA? I don't think so for the players to be vaccinated. No. And I think like the players union or something like that. So they didn't want there to be a mandate, but like they're listening to like cities, you know, like I believe just a couple of weeks ago, Toronto passed a mandate or the, the country of Canada did that you can't cross the border unless you're vaccinated. So, for example, like, I don't know if Bradley Beal ever got vaccinated. I doubt at this point he did. But, like, if the Wizards went to play at Toronto, Bradley Beal can't go on a trip. Mm. Um, Kyrie Irving couldn't go on a trip, stuff like that. Yeah. So, I don't know. 
Um, a part of me thinks like, yeah, like last year we played a 72 game season. I brought this up to you before we got on the podcast. Mm-hmm. We we went we went back to an 82 game season. Like a part of me is just like, all right, just drop it to 72 games again and take 10 games out of the schedule. And if you need to, like maybe just the next five NBA games, just cancel them. Maybe the next 10 NBA games, cancel them. Yeah, a lot of people are going to think it's unfair that maybe some teams had to play like the Nets four times already and then none of the other teams have to do that, but it is it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would do that. Or you can make some of these games up later, maybe push the season back. The, like maybe you can make these games up at the end of the season or something like that if they're, if they're necessary for the standings. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I, like I get it. And I wouldn't be surprised if tinfoil hat thing is that they're just trying to get these Christmas games out, regardless of who plays. Because they, I think they probably make a really good, um, make some good money off the Christmas games. And then they're probably like, all right, let's get these Christmas games out of the way. And then after Christmas games, we'll shut it down. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I have no <laughs> idea. I think we continue to treat it as a flu. And that's not the way to, to approach this. Well, yeah. I, I, I think like, yeah, getting back to that, if we're going to kind of get into the actual COVID thing too, is a lot of people ex- have this idea that if you're vaccinated, you're hundred percent good, which that's not hundred percent the case, you know, and we're now getting to the point where everyone should get boosters. So it's basically like if you had two doses of something, you basically now only have one dose in you and you need <laughs> to get the, booster, the booster to have two dose, two doses back in your body, I guess. I know it doesn't make sense, but I'm just trying to simplify it. And if you got like the J&J, you basically don't have any protection at this point, it seems like, and stuff like that. So we're, we're I think we're getting to that point where a lot of these players are not 100% protected by the virus. Uh, and we need to put some protocols in the place and I don't know, like maybe we don't have to go to empty arenas, but maybe we need to take a week or two off. And I don't know, like, or maybe possibly stretch out the games a little bit further apart. Yeah. Like, like I said, like what's if have the season in mid May instead of mid April and push some of these games back. I understand like some of these arenas have schedules they need to keep because they have hockey teams that play in them. They have concerts and stuff like that, but I'm sure you could figure something out. Like, I don't know, but I believe we had four or five games postponed today. This is Sunday as this is Sunday when we're recording this. Mm -hmm. So, and hopefully the Clippers, the Clippers only have one player. So hopefully that's okay. But you know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't. Like, I don't have an answer for all this, but yeah, I, like I understand that we want to keep playing basketball, but and I understand like I would like to avoid the bubble too, <laughs> but I don't think it needs to necessarily go all go back to that. But yeah, like if if games are not being played, then the games should just not be played in general. Like no, you know, just shut it down. Let everyone get healthy. Let the teams figure out a quarantine situation you know, have a testing strategy, something like that. Like, you know, you don't necessarily need to quarantine all your players, but just a testing strategy of some sort. Do you feel like we should have a longer, we should have had a longer off season to develop a, 
better protocols for the situation at hand right now? I, I think, and I'll admit that even like, although I, I take the virus pretty seriously, even I've become very laxed in terms of what I need to do as an individual to keep myself safe, if that makes sense. I started going to more events. I started going, seeing more people. Um, when the some of the mask mandates started lifting, sometimes I'd have my mask on. Like I'd always have my mask on indoors, but sometimes when I was outside, I wouldn't. And I just think the NBA was like, "All right, we got past the hard part of this." And an event every once in a while, we're gonna have someone test positive, and that's fine. We have our little protocols, but. I, I think everyone was just a lot more lax and that and they thought that they were past the, the tough part of it. And I think now we're in a new wave, we got a new variant. And I just don't know if we were they were hundred percent prepared, or maybe this is like they expected this and they're like, Yeah, this is gonna happen. We just need to push through it. But I don't know if that's the best strategy. I also don't think the best strategy, like what the Nets did, was, hey, let's bring Kyrie, who's unvaccinated, back to the team, and then just for him to test positive, like the day of. Like it's just, it's just crazy to me that that was there. But I guess for, to give them the benefit of the doubt, and maybe I should even do this. I know I feel like I've been talking a lot on this already. Is they must have just been like, we're paying this guy a ton of money, and we're short a bunch of players. Just bring him back for the road games. And then we'll we'll figure out some G League replacement for home games. I don't know, but I that that's me giving them the benefit of the doubt, which I shouldn't. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it's a tough situation for anyone listening to the podcast. Please wear your mask, wash your hands, six feet distance, and get vaccinated. Yep, either get vaccinated, or get your booster. And if you're not going to do it for yourself, do it for the people around you. Yep. Uh, which kind of leads somewhat into the schedule and how tough it is moving forward. So, if, uh, if there will be a schedule. <laughs> yep. So Brian and I were discussing this earlier and uh, he kind of talked to me off the ledge <laughs> before, uh, before we start recording, but I was a little, um, uh, I was a little disappointed with our re- where we stand right now uh we're currently in fifth place uh we're three games behind grizzlies and uh, we did not expect the warriors to be this good or the grizzlies to be this good um and we found like a website that kind of rated our sh- remaining strength schedule we are currently in third place uh, mm-hmm. we're behind the la lakers and the milwaukee bucks which i call bs because the lakers i don't think play any five and sevens yeah so there's more to a schedule than just the teams you play there's a traveling aspect to it and all that and whatever it's fine exactly continue continue so my my impression that i felt like we should have had a better record going into the okc game uh currently we are 16 and 14 i felt like we should have been at least 18 and 12 um but brian he took me out. He he set me aside. He put his hand on my shoulder. Go, hey, look, come come in. <laughs> Just remember, we're dealing with a lot of injuries, <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. That was enough. <laughs> I mean, so yeah, we've lost Kawhi. We knew that going into the season, but we did not. We did not expect to lose Paul George, Nicholas Batum, um, 
Marcus Morris. The Marcus Morris and then Serge Ibaka at one. He was still coming back from uh, yeah. back. I think for some reason we're under the impression that he would start right away. I think because we went to that open workout. Well, remember <laughs> uh, when we saw him just D up, who <laughs> we later found out was a, was a very hurt Marcus Morris. <laughs> two, we, two, two crippled guys going after each other. <laughs> yeah, really. Oh, okay. It makes sense then now. Neither one of them's playing. Okay. Um, yeah. And the thing is, like, Marcus Morris didn't play the first several games. Um, missed basically the first month of the season, except for the first two games. Barely got back, I think, the Thanksgiving week to play the Mavericks. Um, Serge has barely played. He's played more games, I think, for the Augur Caliente Clippers than he's played for the LA Clippers. Uh, someone should fact check me on that. Uh, and... Um, I don't think that's true, actually. Now that I think about it. Um, and then Nick Batum was out for 10 days, and then he twisted his ankle, and then he was out for a few more games, and it's just like, all right, okay. So all things considered, and the fact that we haven't played with Paul George for two weeks, it's been 16 and 14, uh, basically tied with the Lakers, but owning the tiebreaker until we play him again. The fifth seed, we did not expect the Grizzlies to be this good. We did not expect the Warriors to be this good. And then the Suns and Jazz are up where we expect them to be. And I think we're good. Like, I think we're fine. Obviously, we would like to have a little bit more of a cushion. We've lost some games we felt like we should have won, and we won some games we shouldn't have. We felt like we should have, you know. Lost. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I don't know if there's like a lot of noise outside. I'm like, I forgot where I was going. (laughs) You're good. I, I didn't hear any noise, but. Clipper community, just remember what Brian's saying. Put everything in context. We're yeah. out our star player, Kawhi Leonard. We've been dealing with injuries, and we're currently in the fifth place. So When you said we're out our star player, I was like, well, you know Luke's still playing, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, you and think Kawhi and, has to be worried about a starting position? <laughs> yeah, I, I, would, I would think so. Like Luke Kennard's going to have to go up to Kawhi and be like, hey, you got to earn the spot back. All right. <laughs> As he hits a three, like a no look three, <laughs> like like a no look three. <laughs> standing, he he does that like uh, turn to the bench that like Steph Curry and LeBron did, but he's like pointing at LeBron. I mean, he's pointing at Kawhi. <laughs> he he like, should point at LeBron too because he's better than him. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I think we're fine. Like, hopefully, we get through this January stretch going like five hundred. If we could get out of that stretch where our records around five hundred or two games above five hundred. I think we'll be good. We'll probably still be in that fifth or sixth spot unless the Nuggets or the Mavericks, which you, that's who you were concerned about, right? You thought, like, we're not playing well enough for them to eventually go on the run that you felt like they were eventually going to have. Correct. So you you felt like, you know, the Nuggets are eventually going to – but I would, like I also told you, I'd be more concerned if I was a Lakers fan than being a Clippers fan based on the personnel, you know? Yeah. True. So, like, because, like, it just feels like, although for some reason the Lakers are, you know, I guess they're built different. They, they, they have, uh, they've been able to get out of these uh, health and safety protocols. <laughs> uh, Test me nine times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, you know, Russell Westbrook uh, beat health and safety protocols and then they lost to the Timberwolves. So, 
by Pat yeah. Bev, man. I love the guy so much. Dude, when I saw him pick up that ref who fell over, yeah, I was like, oh, man, I love that guy. <laughs> and, then, a... uh, and then backing down Rondo. <laughs> calling him a baby. Uh, uh, um, I'm not too sure if you guys are aware, but there's a, there's a Clipper community on Reddit called LA Clippers. And great stuff for memes and just, and there's one where it was like a guy like looking at the computer late at night and it says me looking for Patrick Beverly's bio <laughs> every night. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you have any more thoughts though, in terms of Clippers basketball right now? We beat the Suns. We beat yeah. the Lakers. It's pretty positive season right now. Yeah. Dealing with all the injuries, so. so, so. And we were, and we were, uh, and if someone's gonna hit a dagger against us, yeah, at least it was Shea. Yeah, I agree with you. That... Like if, if it was like Dort or something, I'd be like, oh god. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like that guy just plays with his shoulders the entire game. Like he's just offensive fouling everybody. And I'm like, all right, you know, we're not calling that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> so, uh, in terms of LA Clips form updates, uh, with the holidays uh, popping up on the weekend, we're not 100% sure if we'll be available every weekend to do, or not every, these next two weekends to do an episode. We do plan. I don't like to make empty promises because I don't know something could happen in the world. Uh, but we plan to do a holiday special this week. We're going to have some guests on there. And we have, a special outro that I want to premiere on that episode. So we're, we're going to save it for that episode. We'll still have our regular half-ass outro for this one. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, but yeah, we're going to have a holiday episode, I think coming up this week. And then that hopefully will carry us on through a really tough stretch of Clippers basketball. And then we'll be back after the holidays, I believe. I think that's the plan. Uh, so <clears throat> tune in for the future episodes because brian will talk you off the ledge as he did yeah that, that, i think that's today. what my job is it's just like i come in here and be like everything is fine <laughs> like <laughs> the flames are coming up i'm the dog drinking the coffee <laughs> this is fine this is fine we're basketball right here baby. Re- reggie jackson came and walk this is fine this is fine <laughs> You're like so nonchalant, like yeah, he's been doing that for probably for the whole game. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you texted me, he's like, is it just me or does Reggie Jackson look like he's hurt? And I'm like, oh, it's been like that for like a week, dude. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's been limping all game. <laughs> the guy's a warrior. We love him. Yep, I love I love Reggie Jackson. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> so you can find us where you can find your podcasts, uh, wherever that is, and you know, subscribe. If there is a, a section where you could leave a comment or a rating or something like that, go ahead and do it and say like, hey, you know what? This is not the best Clippers podcast I've ever listened to, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> um, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at LA Clips Forum. And yeah, that's it. Later. We're out. <laughs>